This episode of The Polygon Show is brought to you by Microsoft Azure. Your business is built on bold ideas. Bring them to life faster, push them further, and scale them worldwide without skipping a beat using Microsoft Azure. Stay productive with familiar tools, develop and deploy where you want with a consistent hybrid environment, and build engaging apps with intelligent features. Join the startups, governments, and 90% of Fortune 500 businesses running on Microsoft Cloud by starting your free account at azure.com slash trial. That is A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Hello and welcome to the Polygon Show. I'm Simone de Rochefort and I'm here today with Ashley O. Hi. Chelsea Stark. Hello. And Allegra Frank. <laughs> I like that little musical. And Allegra Frank. <laughs> it's like you're the, the child in a sitcom. I don't you know. Turn your head around like, oh, it's me. <laughs> oh, is there a camera featuring, there? Yeah. Hi. Allegra Frank. <laughs> oh, my God. So this is going to be our a Spider-Man episode of the Polygon Show because by the time you are listening to this... On uh, presumably September 7th, Marvel's Spider-Man, the latest Spider-Man game, is going to be out. Um, you might have it in your hands, or maybe you'll just be waiting for it. Maybe you've read Chelsea's review of it on Polygon.com and you're super excited. So, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man, which Chelsea has played. Ashley and I have also played bits of it. And we're going to be reading some of your emails about Spider-Man later on the show. But first... We're going to talk about something entirely different, (laughs) which is a film, a very good film called Crazy Rich Asians, which Ashley and I saw together last Friday. And I I don't think, Ashley, I didn't notice you crying, but I, you may have noticed me like (laughs) carefully modulating my breathing. Uh, (laughs) Then I must have been more careful than you were. You were Um, very careful. I... Yeah, that in that movie, I was a I was a silent crier, <laughs> but like I definitely I I only heard like sometimes it would cut to the other scene and I would hear, hear a little like from you, <laughs> and immediately I was like, yes, she too was crying. Soft I, I take a breath. Used to look at her because I don't. We just didn't want to look at well, each yeah, other. Yeah, you can't do that no. in a movie theater. You can't like. Make eye contact. That's against and, movie no. etiquette, I yeah. feel like. It's against mm-hmm. the code. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a funny moment. Yeah. You can't share it. You have to share after. And we did share after. Uh, so Crazy Rich Asians, as you might know, uh, is the film based on the book of the same name. It's about a Chinese-American professor who goes to meet her boyfriend's family for the first time in Singapore and finds out that they are super mega rich. And it has been adapted into a freaking fantastic rom-com. That also uh, deals a lot with family and made me ball like a Aww. tiny, tiny baby. Yeah, I was going to ask because like the trailer doesn't give me the impression there's a lot of stuff that would make you cry. And so that's... Oh, uh, what- but it's a rom-com though. Oh, Come on. <laughs> it's a rom-com, but most of the stuff I cried at was the family stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think because they did such a great job at showing um, just a lot of the inherent... Uh, obvious obstacles and kind of awkward situations you get into when you're an Asian American and trying to navigate that space in between. Um, And then, uh, oh God, yeah, the whole like 
just anything to do with family and the mom and the grandma. Don't worry, the grandma's fine. Um, but jeez, <laughs> oh, it was just like, oh, weepy, you know, because there, there's a lot of like just sacrifice that you know Constance Wu's mom, you know, as her character, not actually Constance Wu's mom. I mean, maybe Constance for Wu's all mom. we know. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know, <laughs> but. Um, it's very sad that way, though the only thing, like my only gripe with that movie aside, actually, no, I think I have no gripes <laughs> at all. They had it, the, the, the costumes, costumes, I say, because they're just fancy clothes <laughs> that I can never afford. <laughs> oh, is that your gripe? The, the perfect girlfriend or boyfriend. Wow. Whoops. Oh, how he's so perfect and never does anything wrong. He Barely does anything wrong. Look, we don't know where he came from. They don't even say finally, how they met. Finally, a one-dimensional male character. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Simone and I exited the theater and we're like, what the, where are they? Where are these super rich Asian men that just are so perfect and- Just wandering around meeting economics professors in New York City. They're out there. They have Why? millions of dollars. They're humble and handsome and, and they don't want us to feel awkward about their wealth, because they're so humble. Where are they? Where are they? Where so are the men? His defining <laughs> characteristics are nice and rich. Yes. And he wow. has a British accent. Oh. So, Ooh, I mean. They all do. Yeah, there were a couple of Asians in there. I, I believe, I think, three there were a couple Asians, of Asians that had that British accents, and it's like, it's slightly jarring to watch. But you're like, oh my God, you're so fancy. Well, they were all um, educated at like Cambridge, right? Like yeah, that was they the all thing. Like, like they all go. They're so rich, so they go to school, school in Cambridge. Anyway, that's not the. <laughs> sorry, that's not. <laughs> that's not the problem. That's not the point. <laughs> I thought that um, they did. They had a huge like cast, though. I don't know where uh, John Cho is. I, I feel like <gasps> when I didn't reach, even think about yeah, that. when reach for comment, I think he said something like, oh, "I guess I didn't get the email." Oh no! And I was like, "Oh, we all love you, John Cho." You, oh no! But um, Aquafina is in it as she was in Ocean's Eight, also. And Aquafina mm -hmm. is um, a New York-based rapper. She's mm -hmm. um, really great. She's in there. She was really funny, actually. This is the second. You realize this is the second film that you and I have like gone to see together, and it's the second film with Aquafina in it. So I second think and only film. So just only. Are film. we never going to see another movie together? <laughs> Wait, Aquafina, if you're out there listening to the show, you have to go make more movies so that Ashley and I can go see more movies because that's the law. That's <laughs> the only rule now. Yeah. So you did see it, Chelsea, or you didn't? See no, it? I didn't see it. Oh, you really just wanted want us it. to talk about it. Yeah, I want to hear see about it. it. It's very, it's extremely funny. good. Like it's, it's just beautiful. beautiful and I didn't know really that Singapore was that beautiful. I didn't know where Singapore was. Oh, oh. <laughs> so Wait, that's really? what I learned. I I thought it was somewhere else. I think I got it mixed up with Sri Lanka. Oh. Um, so I am a fool and I have been educated. They have a great scene where Aquafina has a bag that has a map on it, yeah. and I was like, oh god. Oh God, I'm ignorant. For I bet dumb they, Americans like yeah. I bet they threw that in on purpose. Like we need to get a purse. She's like, here is Singapore. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> there it is. So there's an extra scene and the there's a chalkboard and they just point. Yeah. This is Singapore. But yes, what yes. Ashley learned is that Singapore is beautiful. And I also learned that and that we want to go there to eat. Anyway, great film. It should be seen. It's extremely good. It's just very good. Yes, mm -hmm. if you want to cry about culture, 
which I always do. Yes, it's good. It's very good. I don't even like rom-coms. I'm just going to put that out there. I usually don't go out of my way to see them ever. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was, I don't know, this was not like, oh, some rom-com you have to just sit through. Why are you guys laughing? Um, So over on our side of the table, Chelsea and I realized mid-discussion that we are wearing each other's headphones. Oh, no. (laughs) So we keep going to, like, play with our cords. I play with my cord most of the recording. And and I was like, I reached over and was like, oh, Uh -oh. that's Allegra's cord. Oh, no, it's mine. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) Yes. I mean, it makes literally no difference except now. Except now. Except this is the thing that I have to do while talking. Why are you playing with your cords? I do that, too. I play with my cord every single recording. I need a thing in my hands. Maybe someone wants to give me a squishy ball or something. Like a fidget spinner. Yeah, that you really want that little fish, that little, like, shing noise that I spin. Been my fidget spinner the whole time. I think that'd be a great backtrack. I just spilled water all over myself. So you know, <gasps> oh, we no. All know. oh no, I'm doing we your laptop's okay. That's nah, fine. Anyway, anyway, so you know who would never spill water all over himself because he <laughs> yeah. has this a senses of a of a of an arachnid. Spider Man, star of <laughs> Marvel's Spider Man, upcoming video game. So exclusive to the Spider-Man PS4. starring Spider-Man. Spider-Man starring Spider-Man, featuring Spider-Man with Spider-Man. Chelsea, you reviewed this game for Polygon. Tell us about it. It is if a game could be like a roller coaster ride or feel kind of like a throwback action movie, like a summer blockbuster of old, where you'd have to go in knowing very little. It's perfect. It's like that. It's like that encap- idea and feeling encapsulated into a game. It like takes you a lot of places. It feels like very, the action is very intense um, and is very cinematic and beautiful. I love that you're going with the roller coaster metaphor because that's literally the thesis of a video that I'm making right now. So, I don't think you knew that. I did not know that. <laughs> but I was. But I, I also use roller coaster in the sense that sometimes you're not always in control. Mm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so this is a game that's not connected with the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. No, it's it's not at all. It's not connected with any of Sony's Spider-Man films. As far, like as far as we know, the uh, uh, Peter Parker is voiced by Yuri Lo- Lowenthal. Yeah, who is Yosuke? Yosuke. Oh my god, he does a very good job. He's and great. he's so many anime and video game voices. Yeah, because he's great. He's so great. He's um, a very good Peter Parker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love. I really. So it's unconnected, and also they do take some canonical liberties that are things that I didn't necessarily know were like things that happen, like. Uh, Norman Osborn, who is a big character in Spider-Man films. And if you've seen, you know, any of the Spider-Man movies, you even know, like, that guy eventually becomes the Grim God- Goblin. He does not in this game. That is not a spoiler. I'm sorry. That is, it's just like, oh, he's the mayor of New York in this game. Whoa. Would you say, how much of this is, are you familiar with Spider-Man comics at like, all? Like, not comics. I've mostly watched the TV show and movies. So I maybe read, like, the trade summarizations. Do you know if it has like any connections to I asked in the comics? Susanna Polo. Oh. Whoa. And she said no. Oh. <laughs> and she said that like characters are inspired by comic book characters but it's definitely a different new take. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. characters okay. will have the same traits but yeah in I think that's what they said when Allegra and I interviewed them a, a few months ago mm-hmm. which I don't think wrote anything about that specific quote but yeah they, they didn't want 
to be beholden to any, or they weren't beholden to any of the comic book lore that's been set up. Yeah. I, I mean, think they just borrowed, like, obviously certain characters and general, like, you know, setting and lore and all that jazz. But yeah. for the mm-hmm. most part, it's pretty much just a reinvention of the mythos, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, MJ is a reporter for the Daily Bugle, which is the newspaper that in this game Spider-Man used to work at. Mm-hmm. Peter Parker used to work at, not Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Peter used to work at, he doesn't work there. He is a research assistant to a scientist. Um, so like it's it's a different world. MJ's a reporter. J. Jonah Jameson has a podcast. Oh my God. Yeah, there's like a lot of things that are like, oh, this is different. And Aunt May is running a uh, a homeless shelter, which is really cool. So it's it's nice because you're like, oh, I know these characters. These characters feel familiar, but they're also new and they're doing their own different mm-hmm. things. Well, that that being J- like Jameson being updated to have a podcast is such a good. <laughs> oh, and it's so good because contemporary he's touch. So yeah. mad. Can you listen to some of it? <laughs> yeah, he because it plays while you're just doing things, and oh it'll always God. have new episodes. Like <laughs> it it just auto plays, and it'll be like in response to whatever Spider-Man just did. Oh, so so Is cool. he the Alex Jones? Yeah, I was about like, to I didn't want to say it. He absolutely is. He is so oh, conspiracy no. theories. He's like, well, this wouldn't have happened if Spider-Man didn't exist. Like, Spider-Man is the cause of all of our problems. I'm like, you are Aww. angry. Calm down, <laughs> man. Sp- like, Spider-Man seems unfazed. It's not his fault. <laughs> so that's kind of one of the factors of the game, right? Is that there is this podcast and there are also tweets that you can access. What else does it do to kind of, well, like actually talk about the tweets a bit because I've oh, been it's really, really used by that. I was really surprised how like very good the writing in the game is overall. But like there's, if you go on your map screen, there's a social thing and it's like, here's the social media feed for NYC web crawler. Who doesn't seem to tweet himself, but has lots, like, is following lots of people. And there will be stuff about, like, things that he's done in New York. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, how do I get this web off my car? And stuff, <laughs> and, and things like that. But then one wow. person wrote a tweet that was like, I have my own self-inserted Spider-Man fan fiction, blah, blah, blah. Oh no. And then there's a back and forth below it where uh, someone was like, oh, my God, isn't that too much? And he... And the original person was like, I'm not hurting anyone. And then they have like a polite discourse. Oh my God. And everywhere <laughs> there is polite, right? It, everything is very polite. Well, that's good. No flame wars There's on no flame Spider-Man's wars. Twitter. Wow. Did you uh, check to see, sorry, did you check to see if it was like an actual account? Oh my God, I didn't check to see if NYC Web Slinger is a real account. Web Slinger or Web Crawler? Web Crawler. I remember there was one game where they like used a Twitter handle without checking to see if it belonged to someone and it <laughs> did. So like that person got all of these tweets and they were really mad. Oh man, I I don't know. I don't think it is a Twitter. That, I, I that's mean, perfect. I would hope that I mean I hope they're squatting in it. Yeah. They're probably more careful than that in this day and hope, age. Yeah. Mm. But that was that was just like a really nice touch and like it feels kind of like New York problems and stuff like that. And it just like was it was topical. There are a couple of fake news jokes, which is a little much, but yeah. Uh quick note. Uh so NYC Web Crawler was a ca- an account that is no longer active. They changed their name to inactive. Their last tweet was in October 2012. It says, I have to shut this account down because Twitter's being a little bitch. I'll be back hopefully soon. <laughs> never, never seen or heard from again. Twitter's- this is extremely good. Wow. <laughs> their previous tweet was asterisk, ride skateboard down the street. <gasps> no. Yeah, this is it. 
Oh my god, I gotta follow this Is this, this a role-playing account? I'm so happy. <gasps> I also like that it they is. said um, that Twitter is being a little bitch back in the, the, the simpler times of 2012. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, oh my God. Twitter's always so been a little bitch. I'm so happy. Anyway, about the video games. About Spider the video games. <laughs> uh, Spider Man has lots of, like, in, in the flavor of the comic, he is full of one liners, and those were also really well written. He says lots of dumb stuff when you're fighting, like, waves of enemies. It's mm-hmm. really cute. Just, like, really enjoy the story. I really enjoy that uh, Mary Jane has a lot of agency. You, you, this is not a spoiler that you get to play Mary Jane. Uh, you get to play her multiple times. She is like a really interesting character and she and Peter have like a really interesting relate relationship and it's not, she is not in the background at all. So I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Same with Aunt May. Yeah, that's awesome. That was like your big takeaway from our, our little demo that we had Allegra, right? Was yeah. Mary Jane. Yeah, I thought that was so cool um, that you could actually play as her. Not that I've played a ton of superhero games, right? But <laughs> based on what I know about the Marvel canon and whatever superhero games have preceded this, you don't really get to play as women very much, especially a normal woman, right? Yeah. Like there's no actual combat, or Mary Jane isn't fighting at least. So it's cool that she gets to introduce some stealth gameplay there and actually has a has a significant role. She does, and one of the coolest things about it is you get to see Spider-Man from her perspective, and it's not necessarily Ooh. always like... It's like maybe he's kind of like rushing in sometimes and she's more thoughtful and more investigative. So that's really cool and just a very like rewarding writing. That is interesting. I was thinking, I was talking the other day with someone about superhero games because I had the admittedly wrong thought that like, oh, they haven't really made many superhero games except about Spider-Man. And then I realized, no, they made like a tie-in for every friggin' early mm-hmm. Marvel movie that came out. It's just that they were all bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think Spider-Man's the only superhero besides Batman who's had a good game made about him. Which, I do you... Why is that? That's I, I, very curious. Because I think a lot of... Like, a lot of things are always stuck in movie license hell, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. well, this has to feel like this. And I, I just, mm-hmm. like... And it has to like be beat for beat the movie. I think that's like why the Arkham games felt so amazing when they came out and they're Mm -hmm. so pretty good. It's just like, oh, these are not stuck to the Batman canon. They're not tied to any movie. Kind of like also the Lord of the Rings games were not really Mm. tied to the canon either. Like when when games can break out of that, I think that's when they get to be cool. And I know you purposefully uh, didn't compare it in your review to the Arkham games. Why is that? Well, I mean, I just mostly because I don't want to compare two things, but there are a lot of, like, in a review, I don't want to necessarily do that, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of similarities. But I think there, like, certain things will feel familiar. Oh, you're scanning for enemies from high above. You're, like, stealth taking people down and not being seen. And also some of the combat is because it's, you know, sometimes it's only a few buttons to do things. So it mm-hmm. feels a little bit like those games. But I think the combat is way better than an Arkham game. It's, oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot more stuff. Yeah. I'm glad you agree. I played the first, I guess, 20 minutes with Simone mm-hmm. uh, in the den. And the at first I was like, oh, this is just like the Arkham games. Um, but then after a period of time, like you said... You could do a lot more, um, and I think they encourage you to play in a certain style that is, like, favoring, you know, aerial moves and things like that. 
And like, just because it is so much flexible, it feels way more just free, I guess, than an Arkham Asylum or any Arkham game, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think like, yeah, the same mechanics with the dodging, right? And then, you know, the indicator, and then you got to smash square to like beat him <laughs> up or whatever. And then yeah. you do a finishing move, which is like, you know, a lot of those games. But uh, I think that Spider-Man gave you a lot more flexibility to like decide what kind of fight you want. Can I describe the first time that Ashley yes. entered into oh combat God. in that game? She was fighting. I think I think you got quite a bit beat up, but then mm-hmm. uh, she shot out a web and accidentally grabbed like a manhole cover and did the move where Spider-Man is whipping the manhole cover <laughs> out of his webs. And I think the the noise of like happiness and like wonder that you made when that happened because I you didn't know that you could do that no no idea (laughs) well not not only that like I saw the indicator I was like okay I guess you could probably you know sling your web there but then it just like reached much more farther out than I expected (laughs) and it was just like so comically like wide the swing and how fast and like how many people you were hitting that was like what the it, it it like you can do even more with that later like you can later web up guys and then swing them around oh which is hilarious or you can steal like their shields or guns or stun batons and just swing them back at them which is just it's all like very nice. silly mm-hmm. i like it like it just i don't know and it feels like kind not too ridiculous but pretty ridiculous well, it's very on brand for spider-man yeah, yeah. Oh. so what didn't you like about the game uh, it had a lot of the open world things that you, that felt kind of dated. There's a thing right at the start of the game where it's like, all oh, these radio towers are scrambled up and for some reason we can't unscramble them. So you have to do it to unru- hmm. to be able to see your Oh map. my God, that is such an Arkham game thing to do. It's the same, it's literally the same mechanic Ugh. too. Where you have to match the airwaves and it Ugh. takes no time to do. Which I was like, so good at. <laughs> Allegra knows. I hated that. British <laughs> like going all the way over there just so you could discover a different part of the map. Just, you gotta unscramble it. Yes. Wait, Chelsea, that's the thing where you're like playing with the dial, right? Yeah, you're you're using the two yeah. like sticks to basically match the wave Oh my, pattern. that took me so long, Simone. <laughs> I could I not get it at all. It was horrible. It's funny, because I love that in Zelda, in Breath of the Wild, but I think it works in Breath of the Wild because the different regions that you're uncovering are so big and so varied. Exactly. And this actually brought up my kind of frustration because, like, it's Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Manhattan has different sections that all feel different, like, especially if you've lived here for as long as we all have. Mm-hmm. In this game, like, everything feels the same. Like, you, you have the big landmarks, but beyond that, it's, like, building, building, building. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I tried to find our building in Fidei. I went around the East Village. It all feels like the same city to me. Mm-hmm. And that's, so it didn't, you didn't, you lost that, like, Breath of the Wild majesty of, like, oh, this is a new area and there's lightning balloons or weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they did that because they, you know, expected, I guess, players to kind of do the swinging mechanic more than like walking around yeah, or I mean, staying on the ground. I do think that. And I even heard from the creative director when I played at E3, he's like, we made the buildings taller mm-hmm. intentionally so they'd be easier to swing from. And that makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, if you go down there, I feel like I would want to see some differences. And it felt like everybody mm-hmm. was just hailing taxis always. 
But yeah, the the first time that I did the swinging in the buildings, I think Simone also had to remark on the noise. It was more fun watching you than actually playing the game. I mean, the game is oh very God. fun. Recount but this. But watching Ashley, just like the the like joy of discovering how to swing, which you're you're put into it very seamlessly at the beginning of the game. It go it does a thing where it's like. You're in a cutscene. Oh, now you're playing the game. And it's so seamless. And then, as like Ashley can probably say better than I can, it's just so simple to it's, swing. It's like it's not just simple, but it, it mimicked this is like maybe a little bit much because we were watching it on a big TV. Mm-hmm. But the first time I did a huge swing, I felt like I had that mimicked like your stomach going up when you're going down a roller coaster. Yeah. Like the illusion of that. It's felt like you've so... read the script for my video. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like so convincing. And like, I was so surprised that it's, yeah, because the clouds pull back behind you and the air rushes and you go whoosh. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you're, I'm like, how did you do that? That is, feels so good. I think, especially like the length of your. Uh, I guess I don't know what to call it like your web right it's mm-hmm. not like you're grappling in really close like several times I thought I was just gonna hit the pavement but he would just like gracefully swing upwards again anyway mm-hmm. oh my god yeah it was so amazing I I could just honestly do that and be okay with the rest of the game being bad and I, you essentially did <laughs> I know I did I that's what I did during my E3 demo they were like you could do all these things I'm like I could <laughs> Too bad. I don't wanna. I oh, there is so fast travel that you eventually unlock, and I never like I used it three times. I think the whole time because I was like, I'll just get there this way. It's, it's so fun. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the fact that they give you so much, I guess, room to keep yourself airborne, right? Like for you know the additional like boost, you press X or something, and it actually feels extremely effective. Mm-hmm. It's not some bullshit like a. Batman, I'm sorry, Batman, again, I love you. I love those games. Suck it, Batman. But there are some things that, like, don't feel that natural when you're trying to gain extra air, and I usually end up fucking it up and then tumbling down to the ground as Batman. But this one, no. No. Yeah, they make it as easy as possible to just stay airborne. Like, if you hit a building, he starts running along the building. Oh, yeah. 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 I forgot about, yes, at some point I stopped swinging and all I wanted to do was just run on the side of the building. Yeah. And you can. Yeah. And like running all the way at the Empire State Building. And then if you, you do it. if you stop running, he like jumps into that little crawl position. Oh, my God. And just sticks on the like building. Like a little spider. Like a little spider. <laughs> what is that? Is that you know. a 90s? Anime voice no, again. it's a different voice. I got surprisingly um, exactly two tweets of praise about that voice, <laughs> which is more than the like ten thousand tweets of shame that I expected to get what? for that for doing that oh, voice. It's no, a good voice, but I, I I was praised, and therefore I will never stop. So oh boy, congratulations! Thank you. you. Two people have created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. I mean, Victor Frankenstein was one man. He created a monster. Mm. Guess what? It only takes one. Mm. So <laughs> that's a topic for another day. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear some Spider-Man emails? Yes. All right. We'll be back with some Spider-Man emails right after this advertiser segment from our partner, Microsoft Azure. The Portland Trailblazers have a loyal following. 
We have a building with 20,000 seats in it roughly. A little over half of them are season ticket holders and those are filled every night. But the challenge is filling the other 10,000 seats. And the person who is up to the challenge is Mike Schumacher. He's the director of analytics for the Trailblazers. We have all these leads and a lot of people that we could contact via email or like social media, but we also have a sales staff that can reach out on the phone. In sales, a call can make a world of difference, but calling some 200,000 people who went to see the Trailblazers last year is unrealistic. That's where machine learning comes in. Rohan Kumar is the corporate vice president of the Azure data team at Microsoft. Predictive analytics can be used to drive a much deeper customer engagement. You could essentially think about predicting customer behavior. You know, data tells you things which your intuition doesn't. For the Portland Trailblazers, it meant using the machine learning capabilities in Microsoft Azure to find that hidden fan. Things like watching specific sports channels. If you are a heavy LinkedIn user, or if you're a cord cutter and you have, say, a streaming device, um, those are also data points that were more predictive in identifying someone that was interested in purchasing tickets. Mike and his team were able to get more Trailblazer fans to games using Azure's Workbench. The result? In the 2016-2017 season, the sales campaign got one out of four people to buy tickets instead of one out of 20. Curious about how AI and machine learning can transform the way to do business? Sign up for a free Azure account today and play around. Get started at azure.com slash trial. A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial. Thank you so much, Microsoft Azure, for sponsoring the Polygon Show and supporting the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, this first email is from Chris. Hi, Polygon Show. One of my most treasured slash formative memories involves a Spider-Man game. This was almost 20 years ago. I had a friend in fourth grade named Ryan. I never asked exactly what, but Ryan had a condition that caused him to be hospitalized a lot. He missed a lot of school, so he had a tough time making friends, but he did have me and a few other kids. I remember going and visiting him in the hospital a few times when he was feeling well enough, and we'd play games together. I don't remember the exact year, but Ryan had a birthday party. I was the first one there, and as time passed, no one else showed up. This is sad, Chris! I could tell he was a little disappointed that it actually happened to me at one of my birthdays, so I was really, really glad that I had come. I asked him to show me the game he'd gotten as a present. It was one of the PS1 Spider-Man games, and Spider-Man was both of our favorite superhero. I remembered how excited he was to show me the game, swinging around the city, beating up bad guys. We played that game for a few hours, being amazed at how good the fighting was and how awesome the graphics looked, and just having a really fun time. I think even at that age, I somewhat recognized how important just playing and having a friend there could be, and I was super happy to be able to do that. I don't exactly remember when, but at some point Ryan moved away, uh, and I lost touch with him. I think about this memory every so often. Do any of you have any video game-associated life lessons? What are they? Thanks for the show. It's always a fun listen. Except for now, Chris, when you've made everyone sad. <laughs> oh, that was so You're amazing. a That's great such a good friend, story, Chris. Yeah. Chris. Oh, great. God. Oh. Video game associated life lessons. Hmm. I don't know about life lessons, but I've definitely been in those situations where you're with someone and a, playing a game is a good way to just talk. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're online together, you can just like, 
oh, we're just playing. But you can kind of get into an issue and talk around it because you're like have something to distract you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that I actually did that once with um, a, a younger friend whose dog had just died. Mm-hmm. So they brought, they brought the kids over and I was playing The Sims and we just kind of played The Sims together for a bit and just let that be the the thing that we were doing. I just generally find like now less so, but as a kid being really, really shy, um, games being one of the only things that I could really connect to other people with. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, like if one of the boys started talking about some Nintendo thing, I'd be like, I know I've never spoken to you before, but let's talk about Pokemon, please. I know I don't talk ever. Um, so that sort of thing of like it being a bridge between that communication gap was mm-hmm. nice to learn. And even now I still get more excitable about games than other things that people are trying to talk to me about. Um, but yeah, I think like just as Ryan and Chris could connect over that Spider-Man game, it's mm-hmm. definitely an, a really nice part of video games overall, I think. Yeah, there's definitely an interesting in like the elementary school level a gendered communication element where if you're a girl you're not necessarily cool for playing the video games mm-hmm. but sometimes that can be like a I can make conversation with the boys yeah <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes in, I was too scared to yeah. even if they were talking about it and I wanted to jump in I, I mean I had social anxiety that was so crippling that I'd mm-hmm. be in my seat and I'd be like oh want to talk about Digimon and I really want to talk about this game with you guys but I can't I'm so scared yeah because then what if you say something wrong yeah and then they all look at you and, and they're then like the boys um, are laughing at you or even worse um you say something and you're like oh me too and then they all stop and then they all look at you and then they look away and then they keep <laughs> oh, talking yeah. Yeah. No. now that has happened to I'm, me I'm, multiple very happy and appreciative that I went to a school with a lot of other awkward people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you, Chelsea. No, I mean, I'm just saying that, like, I'm not, I'm just saying, like, I appreciate that because sometimes, I, like, I have definitely was in those situations. I remember self-inserting myself into a lot of people's conversations because I yeah. was like, hi, I want to be your friend. <laughs> I had to do that at my cousin's wedding last weekend because he brought in so many of his friends who I had never met before. And it was, it was kind of like that situation again, where it was just like, okay, (laughs) here I am. I'm going to just go out there and make friends. Sorry. That was me like wiping my hands. Yeah. I'm explaining for the audience Uh who probably just heard like a meat slapping sound. Meat slapping. Simone is back here preparing some hot dogs. (laughs) Which is exactly what happened. That means she's handling them without the buns and without gloves on loose, wet hot dog. Kids, you should always wear a glove when you handle that hot dog. <laughs> anyway, I succeeded in making friends, and so can you. Wait, did that mean I? That's great because you had to go to a wedding and explain to people your job. Yeah, it was freaking terrible, Chelsea. I still haven't found a good way to do it, and also they all spoke English as a second language because they were all from freaking Spain, which oh. is a wonderful country. Uh, so it, it, it just became like this additional level of hard, where like here I can say, oh yeah. 
I work for Vox Media. I'm a video producer and people are like, oh, Vox, I know that website. Whereas like in Spain, that's not necessarily a one to one. Like, oh, yeah, a, a popular news website. OK, so it's just like, oh, I don't know how to talk about what I do. And then I sound super unconfident because I don't know how to explain it. And then I sound boring anyway. That's off topic. What is on topic is I actually wanted to talk to you, Allegra, because um, Ryan and Chris both had Spider-Man as their favorite superhero. And you mentioned you don't actually like superheroes that aren't Spider-Man. Can you talk a bit <laughs> about that? Yeah. Um, I've never really been into any superhero thing at all. I do like Batman, like the, the animated series mm-hmm. and the movies, obviously. But Spider-Man's the only one that I can unequivocally say, like, I like this person and I like this character like Batman I don't like Bruce Wayne right but I like Batman as a concept but I just always thought that Peter Parker was a charming relatable kind of loser like in various iterations you know Tobey Maguire's version is totally a loser um <laughs> no offense gasp Tom <laughs> Holland's version is super cute and such a nerd and Andrew Garfield's version is way 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 too hot for trying that's to be a loser that's what I think too he's too hot he looks like do you remember that scene I stopped watching after the scene because I got angry <laughs> a jock like shoves him into a locker right mm-hmm. they're trying to show him like bullying I'm like you look like the jock <laughs> Like, both of you look the same. You're this, the jock, this, Peter. And then, you're like, the jock. I, I think it was just because he had, like, a skateboard. I'm like, you look like the jock and you're this. That's cool now. You, what the heck? I, I mean, skateboards are never not cool. I don't even yeah. understand. How are you bullying someone for a skateboard? And he was dating, like, Emma Stone. It's too much. She was, like, 30 years old. It was not great. But <laughs> I mean, that's why he wasn't cool. The reaction that we had is because we think of Peter Parker, or at least for me, like, I think of Peter Parker as this lanky dude who just makes all these quips that are annoying and not that funny, but very endearing. And He's I've just known. like us. He oh, is, God. right? It's like a coming-of-age story. He's a young kid. So I always related to that and appreciated that way more and, like, found the, the humor in that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of other superheroes are really self-serious. Um, at least, like, growing up, maybe Marvel movies now are kind of fake, forced funny. But, oh, <laughs> take. but um, you know, Spider-Man always felt like that is very much crucial to his character. Like, he is trying, he's playing the act of a superhero mm-hmm. just as everyone else is, but the other people are just, like, they have no ability to be self-aware about, like, you are running around in tights. And, yeah, that's, Mm -hmm. I literally, I've always actively disliked most other superheroes for those reasons. Who would you recast in that that version of Spider-Man movies instead of... Andrew Garfield? Yeah. But the thing is, he's beautiful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if I would. still get something out of it. He's not a good Spider-Man, but he's very beautiful to look at. Yeah. Sometimes he wears glasses in that movie, and I'm very here for it. (laughs) (laughs) We have my son Tom Holland now, so it's yeah, like oh we, my God. we've got the perfect Spider-Man. I cried in Avengers. <laughs> I Wait. looked up Andrew Garfield glasses, and the this. first thing that came up is like pipe cleaners photoshopped onto Andrew Garfield. So uh, <laughs> thanks, internet. I'm not kidding. They're like does, blue pipe cleaners does, photoshopped um, onto his face. Oh, my God. For glasses. Does Tom Holland wear glasses as Spider-Man in the movies? No, no. he doesn't. Oh, that's a shame. So just Toby and Andrew. Does Toby? No, he doesn't. Yeah, Toby. doesn't he? When he's Peter sometimes? Oh, um, like, are they fake, though? Because I thought 
I think when he becomes Spider-Man, he doesn't need them anymore. Yeah, because he get his vision gets better, and then he does wear. Fake oh ones. yeah, he does. I love yeah. that Spider-Man has like spiders have twenty twenty vision, and that's what. Of course, they do have they? eight eyes. Of course, they have twenty twenty vision. I just love that. That's the Wait, spider do power. They? No. If they have eight eyes, what if one How of them do you is bad? Oh, it's 2020-2020. Shut up. <laughs> That's not actually how that number works <laughs> either. Oh, my God. All right, let's have another email. This one is from Lena. Hi, Polygon Show. Thanks for doing what you do. This kid, let's call him Nathaniel, lived a short bike ride away from me and was in several of my classes throughout middle school. This was the summer after sixth grade, and till that point, I didn't like him much because he disrupted class, and I was a teacher's pet who frowned upon such behavior. Same. (laughs) But my best friend was on vacation, I was hella bored, and my dad had kicked me off the computer, so I had no video games. I knew where Nathaniel lived because he had once stood on his front porch and yelled my name as I sailed by on my bike. So I figured I'd go see what he was up to. Oh my God. I love that you could just, I, I missed this part of childhood where you could just right? be like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's totally normal Fellow for someone child. to just scream your name and you're like, oh, there he is. I'm just imagining Nathaniel on like his porch with a rock, like on a rocking chair, holding a shotgun. Lena! <laughs> Deprived of my own video games, I eagerly sat down to watch him play. I was used to Warcraft 2 and the first Diablo. This swinging around buildings thing was freaking amazing. Nathaniel let me try, and I friggin' sucked at it. I hopped around on the sidewalk while failing to swing more than a couple yards at a time. I gave Nathaniel the controller back and marveled at how graceful he made Spider-Man. Being impressed with him in that moment gave me a respect for him that would last the rest of middle school and high school. I'll always be grateful for video games and Spider-Man specifically for giving him a place to succeed and therefore giving me a chance to see him in a new light. Rocking at Spider-Man is a minor success, but when you're a kid, that can mean the world. Thanks, Lena. Aww. That's so cute. What a nice I story. love the idea of just like that, that one thing casting a whole new light on class clown Nathaniel. Silly Nathaniel. I was also <laughs> friends with a kind of class clownish dude named Tyler, and he was very good at Goldeneye. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That always good happens, job, I Tyler. Guess. It's always the bad kids. <laughs> My brother was very good at Counter Strike. Was he a bad kid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't a bad kid. He was fine. I mean, he was nice. <laughs> wow. He, he, I hope he was doesn't he listen fine to the show. Or was he fine? He was fine. What? <laughs> Simone did not approve. Simone will help tell you stories off the mic. <laughs> off the mic, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I also this makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside because it does remind me of that, like, like living in a neighborhood and having there be other kids in the neighborhood, and at a certain point, you know, you just kind of spend time with them because they're kids because and you're a kid you're right across the street or something yeah. like that's that's the, how your friendship is formed that's amazing I, yeah i, I made a, that. yeah a friend just because she lived in the house behind me yeah. and we didn't really stay friends uh in high school or even in middle school actually but we were friends when we were in elementary school just because we lived so close together and it was like all right well we got all this freaking time <laughs> so much <laughs> run around in the woods together <laughs> What do kids do with their time? I was thinking about that today because I was like writing about 
Metal Gear Solid and how I was eight years old researching it. And it's like, how did I have time to research Metal Gear Solid, watch literally every cartoon ever made, Mm -hmm. watch every old sitcom ever made, read books like five a week, like go to school. How did we do that? Play with toys. Playing with toys. Go to bed early. I didn't do that. It doesn't make any sense. No. So weird. All right. The last email we have today is actually a Sims story, but uh, we included it because it's the best email we've ever gotten. Um, (laughs) I think this one was sent to us in reply uh, to the romance episode that we did a few weeks ago, uh, but it didn't get in in time. But it is the most important email that you will hear this week. I'm just prefacing it with that. I I want your hopes to be up. Hello, Polygon Show. In your latest episode about breakups and games, it reminded me of a time I was playing The Sims 3 and played through the most realistic and engaging breakup I've ever seen in a game. My Sim was an interior designer who was so flirty she would woohoo most of her clients immediately (laughs) after doing work for them, (laughs) once right in the elevator of their client's building. But she eventually met a woman who she was ready to settle down with. Yay. Yay. At my Sims bachelorette party, she had way too much Sim juice and spent the evening wildly singing with members of her band and drunkenly ice carving. (laughs) How dangerous. She eventually passed out and missed the wedding. The bride showed up that morning, furious, and the other guests quickly saw themselves out as she began laying into my Sim. I tried every type of interaction to try and repair the relationship, but nothing could get the relationship status out of the red. And the whole thing became that exact type of awful breakup that happens over the course of hours with pleading and arguing and yelling and briefly stopping to eat pizza and then right back to the yelling and arguing. It was brutal to watch and brutal to play. Having once gone through an eight-hour breakup that involved at various points my girlfriend's parents coming into our apartment to yell at me and a later incident involving puppets, which I have recounted on another podcast, it was all achingly familiar. (laughs) Love the show, Ben. Ben, immediately, I'm going to email you back. You have to tell me what podcast you talk about the puppets on, Ben. (laughs) Why were there puppets? Ben. Were you acting out your feelings towards one another with puppets? Oh, I would love that. Maybe the puppets were like instrumental in the breakup. Like maybe the puppets were taking too much time and no, somebody the puppets, got upset. Couple therapy, perhaps? It's definitely role Both. play. It's def- puppet therapy. Yeah. They're role playing with each a, other. With a sock. Oh my God. Do you think they had time to make like googly eyes and put them on the what sock? What if they yeah, already were puppeteers and they already <gasps> had the puppets? <laughs> do you think that one and like they each use like derogatory like mean voices for one another you like, mean like ben, my little boy voice is like <laughs> and the other one's just like <laughs> this is what we think of you Ben <laughs> how could you be I'm so sorry. cool I don't, about Ben's I'm, age sorry, I'm so sorry I don't, I don't know pre- trivialize your I don't know Ben's partner's na- ex-partner's name so I just had to make something up yeah, so sorry, I'm sorry. Ben. Sorry, I ben. didn't mean to <laughs> trivialize it. I just Ben sent this here for our amusement. It's true. I love Thank drunkenly you. ice carving. I want to be a couples therapist, but exclusively <laughs> use puppets. Oh, like as soon as they sat sit down on the couch, you're like, "Hello." 
So the way you make it look, it looks like we all have sock puppets. We can't afford real puppets. We all have to use sock puppets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh my god, I love puppets. First so I don't day know in why. therapy is you just give each person an, a blank sock, and then they have to decorate it like their partner and make it look like their partner. And then day two in couples Woof. therapy is the role play. Oh, the role play begins. But you only address them from your own sock. Yes. <laughs> No, use their sock to I'm, talk back. Well, maybe I'm Dr. Socks. Ashley. Wow. <laughs> that suspiciously, suspiciously <laughs> sounds like Kirby. Well, look. Oh, no. Kirby I've got a quite Hi, a range. I'm Kirby and I'm your therapist. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah. Hi, I, I'm Kirby oh, and no. I'm your therapist. <laughs> if you scream at each other for too long, he'll suck you up and then both of you have to stay in there. Oh. <laughs> until you make up in this or, dark, or squishy place. Kirby inhabits, like, takes one of the traits of one of the people uh-huh. in the couple and is like, well, now talk to me like you'd be talking to Mark. Oh. And it's it's Kirby with Mark's hair. <gasps> <laughs> oh, so no. Kirby is the puppet. Yeah, Kirby has become the puppet. Oh. I need this game. <laughs> I need like an Ace Attorney style couples therapy game with Kirby. Kirby. Kirby's dream therapy. <laughs> Kirby's dream therapy. Oh my god. Ah. Oh god. Oh, also Kirby's uh medium circle where Kirby channels the spirits of the dead. Yes. Mm. He's like a better Miss Cleo. <laughs> the game is you calling a phone number in real life. Rebrand Kirby. As extreme late night Kirby television scams you for or your daytime money. television. Oh my god! <laughs> Two a.m. Kirby has your credit card number. It's, got the Kirby it's free to play, but it actually Kirby costs twenty dollars no! every time. There's microtransactions. <laughs> the microtransactions are the calling a one nine hundred number. No. <laughs> oh no. So if you want psychotherapy, you have to call this number for a microtransaction. Yes. Wow, well, thank you for this beautiful brainstorming session. I, I'm going to put it in the big doc for when we we quit journalism and become ball ball star. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> what? All star game developers. Ball I don't know stars. where the ball came from. You said ball star. I did say ball star. <laughs> but why? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was Basket. trying to say baller and all-star at the same time. Oh, no. I was so distracted by Kirby. I'm sorry. Gruel. Okay, well, that was ridiculous. Uh, and thank you for everyone who sent in your Spider-Man stories and also your Sims story. Um, they were very good. What quality stories we had today. Uh, fine. I want to close out the show today by telling you about a very cool event that we're going to do that we are all super excited about. Uh, So we are going to be at a convention called Pod X, and it is going to be next year, actually, May 31st through June 2nd in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a podcast convention put on, like, by the people who made LeakyCon and other fan cons um, like that. So we're super excited. We're one of a few podcasts that are going to be there, including... Um, undisclosed, the bright sessions, Nancy, which I hope is about Nancy Drew, but I, I'm I'm probably just making that up. That's probably just my word association. So don't don't quote me on that. And um, Rabia Chowdhury, who you might know from well, oh. undisclosed, but also from Serial, yeah. is going to be there. 
So you can learn more about that at podx.com. That's P-O-D-X.com. And then also tickets go on sale on Tuesday, October 2nd. So you have lots of time to think about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited about this. I didn't even think that it'd be a possibility that we'd be going to Nashville. But this is like very exciting for me because I love you know, anywhere that is south of me. Yes. <laughs> I won't call it the south because I know I'll get yelled at by everyone from the south. <laughs> but it's south to me. I feel like this is good redemption because remember I was going to be in Nashville during uh, FlameCon? Yeah. And, and now it's even better because now you got to go to FlameCon and now you get to go to Nashville. Yeah. But you get to do it with us. Yes. Not your flaky ass friend. Yes. Yay. Okay. So check that out um, and then tell me if Nancy's actually about Nancy Drew. <laughs> I guess I, I can look that up. I Googled it. Is it? It's a, no. It's a WNYC podcast about the queer experience. Oh, that's even better. That's I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Okay, thank you so much. Um, so, if you want your emails to be read on the show, you can send them to Polygon Show at Polygon dot com. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about indie games. So, open yourselves up to that theme. Tell us your best. Tell us game recs. Tell us stories. Uh, tell us. Anything you want, especially if it's as high quality as everything we got this week. Um, and thank you so much, everyone who sent in stuff. We super appreciate it. If you would like to rate the show, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or on probably whatever podcatcher you're listening to the show on. That's a cool thing to do. And, of course, tell a friend about it because then they'll listen to it, too, and then you can talk about it. And also, it helps us. That's a cool thing to do. I saw a lot of people tweeting us as part of their five podcasts like that describe themselves and I was like very Aww. thankful that's extremely touched. cool I know I was like oh thank you everyone who did that yay thank you so much everyone this has been the Polygon Show thank you Before we go, here's a quick message about Microsoft Azure. Keeping up with your competition is important. Taking the lead with unmatched innovation? That's impressive. Set yourself up to achieve more by running your apps on Microsoft Azure. Clear the way for unparalleled productivity with end-to-end -end development and management tools. Fearlessly integrate cloud capabilities across your environment with the only consistent hybrid cloud. Build the next generation of smart apps, discover transformative insights through artificial intelligence and real-time data, and scale across more global regions than you'll get from any other cloud provider. Microsoft believes every business and every organization, small and large, old and new, has something to gain by reaching beyond the limits of an on-premises data center. That's why Azure is the cloud for all. What will you achieve when you come to the cloud? Start experimenting and find out. Get started with a free account and 12 months of intelligent services at azure.com slash trial. That's A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial.